Lone Wolf. This is Wolf Den. It's Rambo, sir. We read you, Lone Wolf. What is your position? Over. John Rambo. Helicopter and language qualified. Expert in light weapons and guerrilla warfare. You don't seem to want to accept the fact that you're dealing with an expert, with a man who's the best, with guns, with knives, with his bare hands. In Vietnam, his job was to dispose of enemy personnel, to kill, period. Well, Rambo was the best. He has demolished an American town and survived missions in Vietnam, Afghanistan, and Burma. Now he faces his biggest challenge, the now-playing Rambo retrospective series. You wish to test your strength. Good. Taking on Rambo will be Jacob. Which you choose to call hell. He goes home. Brock. I'd just like to say that I feel with your participation, this mission has a better than average chance to succeed where others have failed. And Arnie. Who are you? Who am you? They will draw first blood and review all four Rambo films. But there's people to satisfy, questions that have to be answered. These conversations will reveal top secret information and contain harsh language. Listener discretion is advised. I didn't come here to rescue Rambo from you. I came here to rescue you from him. Today we're talking about Rambo 3, starring Sylvester Stallone, Richard Crenna, Mark DeJong, Kurtwood Smith, Sasson Gabay, and directed by Peter MacDonald. And my apologies to the DeJong family or the Gabay family if I murdered those names. This is Brock, co-host of Now Playing. This is Jacob in Thailand. <laughs> this is Arnie, your worst nightmare. You know, when we first started this, I said to myself, number three, he has to say, I'm your worst nightmare. But I'm your worst nightmare is like the Luke, I am your father. He never says, I'm your worst nightmare. Just no. your worst nightmare. So I had to do it right. It was, no, I am your father, your worst nightmare. Yeah. And I remember during the commercial that was used a lot when this thing was on uh, being promoted. And I seem to remember it being a close-up of his lips saying it. But in the movie, it's not. It's his full face. And maybe my memory is just playing games with me. Well, he does have those luscious lips that I'm sure drew you to them. Yes, because his, his sparkling, glistening muscles, I couldn't take my eyes off of those either. <laughs> Anyway, so we're talking about Rambo 3, which is the sequel to Rambo 2, more than a sequel to First Blood. And this time, we find our hero in Afghanistan. I find this entry to be quite interesting versus the last movie, because of reasons we will talk about as we go, but... Are you saying you found it more interesting than the last movie? You, you enjoyed this more than the last movie? I'm going to say flat out, right away, I enjoy this movie more from a production value standpoint. I think this movie is a much better made movie. This movie's better directed, it's better acted, <laughs> it has better choreography, and frankly, you could just see it on the screen that it's more cohesive in a production value sense. I just gotta say, I hope Alanis Morissette's listening so she can learn what the true definition of irony is, because history has not been kind to this movie. <laughs> this, this, this movie, watching it in 2010? Wow, there's a lot of unfortunate choices that we're gonna get into. You know, Brock, you always say, let's start at the beginning. I'm going to say, let's start at the end with the final title card. This film is dedicated to the gallant people of Afghanistan. Whew. I don't know how much that plays to this film's target audience post 9-11. Yeah, and, and they're not talking about the, the Afghanis with the, the purple thumbs because they just voted. They're talking about the quote-unquote freedom fighters of Afghanistan who uh, have taken on a very different role these days. The Mujahideen who had a jihad 
against the Soviets and who we provided weapons to and funding to and who then won against the Soviets shortly after this movie, in fact, thus making this movie instantly dated. I believe this movie came out in 88 and the Soviets pulled out in 89. Perhaps they saw this movie. (laughs) I, I actually did some research. Yeah, in 89, they got their final people out, but they started the withdrawal about a week before this movie came out. They started their final withdrawals. So they were already pulling out of Afghanistan when this movie came out. They oh, they had the sucks. pre-release screening. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they saw Rambo was coming in a week and had to get the fuck out. <laughs> well, I'd like to get into this movie, so why don't we get a plot summary going so we can dive right in. The film opens and we're told in the novelization that it's one year after Rambo 2. With Rambo in Bangkok working and living at a Buddhist temple, but releasing his aggression through competitive stick fighting, giving his money to the monks who house him. Rambo is visited by his former commander, Colonel Troutman, who's going into duty providing Stinger missiles to the Mujahideen rebels in Afghanistan, fighting off the Soviets who are attempting to take over the land. Troutman wants Rambo to join him, but Rambo refuses, saying, It's not my war. Troutman is quickly captured and interrogated by Soviet Colonel Zason. Embassy Field Officer Robert Griggs, played by Kurtwood Smith, visits Rambo and tells him of Troutman's capture, and Rambo decides to go in alone to rescue his commander. Griggs sets him up with some Mujahideen contacts, and Rambo goes into Afghanistan, where he plays Throw the Sheep, aided by Musa, (laughs) a weapon supplier, and a young boy named Hamid. Rambo infiltrates the Russian base and gets injured, but rescues Troutman, and the two flee through the sewers. They emerge only to be faced by a huge Soviet army force involving tanks, helicopters, and more. Troutman and Rambo decide to die fighting, but the Mujahideen then attack the Soviets, aiding Rambo and Troutman in the battle. Many Soviets die, and Rambo kills Colonel Zason by ramming his tank into the Colonel's helicopter. Yes, he rams a tank into a helicopter. We'll get there. One's ground-based, one's air-based. But I wanted the listeners to know they didn't mishear that a (laughs) tank hit a helicopter. (laughs) Which kills the Colonel, but Rambo walks away unscathed. And then he and Troutman drive off, deciding not to stay and help the Mujahideen anymore. Hey, just like the real Americans. (laughs) Yes, we got rid of the Soviets, you're on your own. (laughs) You know, I think I originally saw the beginning of this movie when I saw Hot Shots Part 2. This is the one they spoof, right? They spoof so much in those Zucker films that I I think this is part of it. I haven't seen Part 2 since theaters, so I can't really recall. (laughs) I know one of the things they do spoof is the body count. They have that running body count in... Hot Shots Part 2, and Rambo 3 up to this time in 1988 was considered by the Guinness World Record to be the most violent movie, to have the most deaths of any movie. Well, the most on-screen deaths, I'm sure that, like, the day after had more. Yes, most, (laughs) thank you, let's get technical. Yeah, Yeah, okay. I said before I had never seen Rambo 3, it was the one I'd never made it all the way through, mostly because of technical problems, but partially due to lack of interest, but this time... (laughs) Between the time we recorded Rambo 2 and now, I've seen this film four times. Wow. Once including the trivia track (laughs) that has a running body count every time people die, including the way they die and then the cumulative death count. But the stick fighting scene, I just kept thinking that it was like Street Fighter. I thought it was best of the best. I, I was waiting for Van Damme to jump out. The way it was the two of them kind of going at each other side to side, but every so often it would kind of conflict with the old arcade punch out as the evil stick guy would wave his sticks at me. (laughs) 
That was so cheesy. That was terrible. I, I also noticed that sometimes the you know it's a little obvious that they weren't really trying to hurt each other. But Rambo took a beating and kept on going, and then of course he wins and he spares this man's life, which. I think sets the tone for a different kind of Rambo in this movie than from the last movie. I don't know if you guys picked it up there or later on, but the character of Rambo in this one is is not the same character as the last time. No, he's completely. happy and joking and jovial and at peace. I, I, was, I was the way Stallone played him, especially in these early Bangkok scenes. It's almost like he's playing him as a slightly more intelligent Rocky. <laughs> well, well, he is hanging out with Buddha, so he's probably working the rock garden. A lot of serenity brought to his life. You know, he only does the stick fighting so he could give the monks the money he wins from it. Right. And that's a good thing to do, I guess. And But it would be nicer if he also got out his aggression that way. That's kind of what I put in the plot summary, because I tried to figure out why the stick fighting scene was there. And it would have made perfect sense if later in the movie he had fought Colonel Zason with sticks. Yes. If this had been putting the gun on the wall in the first act to take it off the wall in the final act, I would have so gone with it. But the fact is, this is just a, hey, Americans, let's get you a little bit adrenalized and show you a fight before we go on this picturesque tour of Lawrence of Afghanistan. <laughs> I, I totally agree, Arnie. I'm watching this. I'm like, okay, there's going to be some big stick fight at the end. That's why you're starting off with a stick fight. And there is one scene where he's raiding the Russian base for about half a second where he picks up, I don't know, a broken mop handle or something and hits someone with it. I'm like, what was that what the whole stick fighting scene for that one little payoff? It's just weird scripting. You don't have a fight scene like that unless there's some payoff at the end. And there there wasn't a payoff. It, it confused me. None. I think it's just to show that despite being all Zen and being at a Buddhist temple, he can still kick ass lest you think he's gone soft. I think there's one more thing that I realized at the end of the movie, more than during the movie, was without that scene in the beginning, if you thought this movie was boring for the first hour with that scene in, imagine if that movie didn't have that first fight in it at all. Because the first hour of this movie really doesn't have all that much action, fighting stuff. It has You don't the, need to tell me that. Right. The clock so, on the screen that I kept hitting the button to check. <laughs> like, when the fuck does it get started? Because yeah. one of the things I said in the past two podcasts was they waste no time starting the action, and the action just stays, right? In the right. first one, Rambo rides the motorcycle off into the woods, and it is at level 10 the rest of the way. Rambo 2, he jumps out of the plane. It's at level 10 the rest of the way for the most part. Here, it's on like 3. To be fair, it's not quite an hour. It's about 37 minutes until stuff starts blowing up. Unless you want to go back a few minutes and count the uh, that sheep horse riding game, whatever that was. But no, it's a good 40 minutes till anything really starts happening in this movie. I don't even count that, Jacob, when after the sheep game, the Russians start bombing shit. Just because it explodes doesn't make it action. If Rambo is just hiding behind a rock and not fighting, it's not action. He shot a gun a couple of times. Rambo doesn't go on the attack until 61 minutes into this 100-minute movie. Now, every other Rambo film clocks 90. This one clocks 100. They really should have cut 10 more out of this first hour. I have it down here that at 59.26, he throws a knife into the guy's throat. And that's the first kill Rambo gets in the movie. 
5926. The movie's called Rambo 3. The last movie is Rambo. The guy gets his reputation. This movie, he waits an hour to kill somebody. It's a kinder, gentler, happier Rambo. That's exactly what I've been saying. It's just like this character has changed. He's kibitzing. A little bit of lethal weapon kind of stuff going on with his superior. It's a whole different kind of character. And I wondered if it's because of the last movie, any sort of backlash the last movie got, or it's because Stallone felt the need to progress the character or a combination of both. Either way, I felt it was a really weird choice after the last one. If this was a sequel to the first one, I'm not so sure I would mind so much. But after the last one, I was thinking, when is Rambo going to be Rambo? I don't think there was any backlash to Rambo 2. Yes, the critics hated it, but it was hugely successful, both in America and abroad. I don't think that when you have a hugely successful movie, you change the formula for that. My thinking is the reason it was so slow is because the filmmakers know that we don't know shit about Afghanistan because we're Americans pre-9-11. In the movie, Kirkwood Smith says most people can't find Afghanistan on a map. And sadly, even post-9-11, most Americans still can't find Afghanistan on a map. But the truth is, I think that this first hour would have gone faster if there wasn't so much of the, let us introduce you to the ways of the Mujahideen and the Afghan people and why there's this war. Because it's not Vietnam. They can't just go Vietnam and the audience goes, okay. They have to spend the time setting it up and explain to us who the Mujahideen are, why the Soviets are there. It's a twofold problem. The first problem is that it's like Rambo visits National Geographic. (laughs) The second problem is that it's a real-life conflict. So therefore, there's all these details they introduce that are real details. Like an episode of Young Indiana Jones, Mm -hmm. but it's not needed for the story. They should have just made up Latveria or something and gone with that, saying the Soviets are invading Latveria instead of going with this real thing. Their failing step was trying to be socially conscious and erase American awareness. You brought up with Rambo 2. We got in this discussion, you know, is it, is it xenophobic? Is it this raw, raw America versus the Soviets? And I felt this movie was all that times a million. Very Russians are the evil ones. We are going to do as much as we can in this film to tell you all about how awesome the Afghan people are, how awesome the Mujahideen is, and really get you on their side because they're fighting those dirty Ruskies. And yeah, it totally hurt this movie. I just didn't need the 10-minute lecture on the cave and the five people taking on hundreds of people. It doesn't add anything to the Rambo mythology, and that's what, if I was choosing to watch this of my own free will, that's why I would be watching Rambo 3, not to learn about how awesome the Mujahideen is. Can't argue with that. (laughs) Well, let's go back a little bit before we get to Afghanistan, because I've got a few questions about the beginning. I mean, we're talking about the pacing of the whole movie But it starts right at the beginning. Troutman comes to get Rambo. I have two problems with this. One, a decorated colonel who served in Nam is going in, say, 87 to serve active duty in Afghanistan? I agree. The guy is older than God and he's going to active duty. I don't understand why he had to go. He didn't. I mean, you don't do that with decorated colonels. They have earned the right to stay stateside. Oh, I'm sorry. I do know the reason. Plot device. No, plot device is why he wants Rambo there. Rambo is happy. Brock, you said it yourself. Here's the happy Rambo. He's talkative. He's kibitzing. Yes. Why fuck with that? Rambo's at peace. 
But the thing, <laughs> plot device is that he gets captured, which I saw coming a mile away. So Rambo has to go in and well, get him. Well, it was out. on the poster. This time it's for his friend. That wasn't meant to be a twist. Oh, oh, what's well, okay? I didn't read the poster before I watched the movie. I could have sworn last podcast you said. No, that was me. This time it's, okay, that was Jacob. All right. <laughs> he's here. He's the reason Rambo gets involved after being at Mister at Peace. It's like he fights Drago because Apollo dies. Same kind of thing. See what I mean? That's called a plot device to me. Oh, I'm aware. I know what a plot device is. (laughs) Okay. I I, I mean, I've heard this term. I I didn't coin this phrase. Okay. But I'm just saying that it's all equally plot device. Kirkwood Smith coming back going, just thought you should know, man, I've only met once before. This colonel, who is probably classified information that I'm telling you, stranger, is captured. I'm going to leave now. Oh, wait, you want to go help Yeah, us? that scene made no sense. Why did he show up to tell Rambo? Hey, just, just so you know. I was in the neighborhood. I was driving by. and I. Well, this is Kurtwood Smith. I, I said earlier, I loved him in RoboCop, but most people probably know him as the dad from that 70s show. Why is he not evil? He is <laughs> exactly playing the Charles Napier role in this movie. Why is he not manipulating Rambo? Why is he not there going, well, we really need Rambo, but we got to manipulate him. Why is he like he never shows up again after he gets Rambo to Pakistan? I agree completely. I thought it would be kind of cool if he showed up with the Russian guy later on saying, I set you all up. (laughs) Anything would be better than disappearing for no reason. Made no sense at all. I would have been fine with him not, you know, I don't think he should have sided with the Russians. I think that would have been too far. But just, again, like Charles Napier, serving America's interests, people be damned. That's what I expected. The moment he walks on, I'm like, hey, it's Clarence from RoboCop. He's evil. Wait, (laughs) we never see him again? (laughs) Fuck. So talking about Troutman when he shows up to recruit Rambo to go on this mission, you talk about this happy Rambo. I'm just confused. He's trying to draft John Jay to to go provide weapons to the Mujahideen, but they get in this really heavy-handed conversation about the war still going on inside of you, and when's it going to be over? We didn't make you. When are you going to come full circle and, and realize who you are? I wasn't sure if he's trying to talk him out of going to fight or give him reasons. It was just a really weird conversation. Like They were trying to do character development and create some depth to Rambo and, and what he is, and just didn't jive with make him realize he's a monster. Is he not a monster? I didn't know what was going on in this whole conversation how he's trying to recruit him well i took this as proutman was trying to tell rambo you're not really happy unless you're at war you know it's kind of like that old line from top gun you're not going to be happy unless your hair is on fire going at mach 10 here it's like rambo looks at peace he acts at peace but he's really pent up because he's not getting to kill people and be the warrior he truly is at heart and if stallone had played it that way i would have gone with it but stallone seemed genuinely happy But maybe the stick fighting was supposed to be the inner turmoil. If we had any reason as to why that stick fight was really there told to us, if there was a single thing that showed Rambo really getting out his aggression and then being at peace post-fight, I might have gone with it. But instead, when he leaves the fight, he's like hanging his head in shame. Like, I can't believe I gave in to violence. Well, he's staying with the monks. Maybe they're rubbing off on him or something. That's the best I can do for that one. But yeah, I get what they were trying to say, is that for the past two movies, they say God didn't make Rambo, Troutman did. But now Troutman's saying, I didn't make you, you were always like this. And you're not going to be happy unless you are at war, and so come to war with me. And I don't quite get that. It it just doesn't fit with what we've seen for the past two movies. I would have more 
been with it if like Troutman was somehow being screwed by Kurtwood Smith again as the Charles Napier kind of guy and he needs Rambo to protect him because there's no one else he trusts anything just a minor course correction of five degrees would have made this go so much smoother well you know why he wanted Rambo I, I figured this out once we see Troutman go into Afghanistan is that Russian helicopter shows up and it's the first time he could actually hit anyone and kill him they wanted Rambo because when he's around, the Russians can't hit a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I said in my notes, is this Russian helicopter flown by Rambo? He's hitting everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you're not going, ah! <laughs> now, Brock, at the very beginning, yes, you mentioned how the film was shot. Yeah. And this is something I noticed, too. In these early scenes at the monastery is when I first noticed it is when Rambo's up on the roof and you see the sunset mm-hmm. and it's like a fucking postcard. Mm-hmm. And I went, wow, that is really good photography. And I, I didn't look anything up mid-movie. I watched the whole thing, and I just kept noticing these postcard shots, be it in Afghanistan or, you know, it was actually in Israel, pretending to be Afghanistan with some map paintings of mountains. But I'm like, this thing is just shot so well. Yes, it is. And the reason being, this director, Peter McDonald... Turns out he wasn't supposed to direct this movie. Uh, the real director got fired about a week in. And so they said to the second unit director, who was also been a director of photography on a lot of films, hey, why don't you direct this film? And he actually was more a DP than anything. He ran the camera and directed the actors in the action. Huh. So he has an eye for this sort of thing and he put him in the movie. Yeah. Fantastic. So that was, that is one thing I can say is this film is beautifully shot. Yes. Many, many shots you could freeze frame and make a nice postcard. Not only that, like, for example, when they are playing that stupid grab the sheep game and you see Stallone actually bend down, pick up the sheep. That's an amazing shot, too. He actually got it full there without even, you know, obviously Stallone did his own stunt there. But the fact that how he got it and how he was coming towards the camera, that kind of setup, too, was also very well done. The action scenes were very easy to get lost in what was going on. In those action scenes later in the movie when Rambo turns around and shoots people, you were able to follow everything because of how well this was shot. It's not only Vista-wise well shot, but well shot and well edited together. As a package, this movie is ten times better made than the last movie. That said, perhaps because this movie was a failure, he didn't really go on to do much after this as far as directing. Uh, Mo Money with the weigh-ins and NeverEnding Story 3. Oh, There's a third one of that? <laughs> he went back to second unit director for Golden Compass and Wolverine. Wow. Who was the original director? Do you know? Was it Kirk Douglas by any chance? <laughs> the original director, Russell Mulcahy, he's known for Highlander, Highlander 2, He's still working. He did Resident Evil Extinction. I didn't say he was working gloriously. He's doing the TV movie of Teen Wolf. But apparently he was too willful for Sly. Hmm. He left for creative differences. And given that we know that Stallone Puppet directed two, Hmm. I'm wondering how much Stallone Puppet directed three, too. And was like, you just be the DP. I'll direct. And you just make pretty shots, director boy. So Troutman gets captured. Rambo goes in. So we end up going in, and he's introduced to the ways of the Afghan people by Musa, the arms dealer slash prosthetics dealer. (laughs) So it makes me wonder, does he sell the fake leg with the gun in it? 
He sells the guns. He sells the legs. It seems to make sense. I wonder if he's got a good scheme going where he actually sells the landmines to the Russians that blow <laughs> off his own people's legs, and then he sells them the fake legs. Or he just sells his own people the landmines without instructions. Yes. And we get this history lesson on Afghanistan. Yeah. I was bored. <laughs> they weren't telling me anything I didn't know. When they made this movie, they didn't realize that eventually we would kind of be in the place of the Soviets attacking the mountains of Afghanistan. Looking. Arnie, can I quote a line from the movie about that? Troutman saying, we already had our Vietnam. Now you're going to have yours. And then we'll take it over for you, which is the line <laughs> they left out. But man, I was rolling on the ground because, again, very different movie watching it today than when it originally it is. came out. And when he said we already had our Vietnam, I'm like, in Afghanistan, no less. <laughs> But in a way, if you look at this at the time, Afghanistan truly was the Soviets' Vietnam because they were trying to invade. And from everything I've read, the Mujahideen would not have been successful in repelling the communist invasion were it not for the U.S., among many other nations, supplying them with money, guns, and missiles. The same way the Soviets were supplying the North Vietnamese with weapons to fight off the Americans. It is actually very similar in that respect. And from the documentaries on the Rambo 3 Blu-ray, Reagan was actually somewhat giddy about this. Like, haha, take that, commies. I can see where that line was at its time. But now, yeah, um, uncomfortable. That said, I didn't have any PC problems with this. I mean, it's not quite the same. It's not like we're at war with Afghanistan. We're at war with Al-Qaeda, which is a terrorist group that is in Afghanistan. It would be so much easier if we were warring with the government, because then we'd have targets we could find. I mean, this movie, it really does avoid a lot of those Middle Eastern stereotypes that create a lot of discomfort, because it is very much pro-Afghanistan, and whatever awful things you could think of from, like, Disney's Aladdin. You don't see it in this film. It's, it's very fair to those people. You're right. And in fact, dare I say, this might be the most pro-Afghani representation on film I've ever seen, especially in the past 10 years. Actually, in James Bond the year before, in The Living Daylights, actually paired up with the Mujahideen against the Soviets in that movie. The rebels came to Bond's aid, much like they do for Rambo, and they all fight together instead of him just doing it himself. So it's very similar to what we have here. Now, Jacob, the line that made me really uncomfortable is when Troutman, an American colonel, is giving a speech about how Afghanistan cannot be beaten. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps Colonel Troutman needed to be in the White House from 2000 to 2008 advising. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's portions of this film where they talk about how tough the Afghani people are and how they can't be defeated. You know, they're strong as tigers and all that. And it's just, man... Couldn't some advisor in the White House of, I can't believe I'm saying this, but actually you've just watched Rambo 3 before we uh, created some foreign policy decisions? It's Bush Jr. in the White House at that point. Reagan, who was the president with Bush Sr., said Rambo's a Republican. You gotta think that the Rambo films were played around the Bush house, right? <laughs> <laughs> Get a big poster in the Oval Office. So finally we get to the action, and Rambo unsheathes his sword. Because did you guys notice how big that fucking knife was? It was practically a machete this time. That thing was monstrous. Yeah. I actually went and looked it up, because I'm like, am I imagining things? I do not remember it being bigger than a baby's arm. But... <laughs> It turned out that the one in First Blood was the shortest. First Blood Part 2 had grown two inches, and this one's grown another inch still. It extends. <laughs> <laughs> 
did you guys have subtitles for all the Russian talking in your version? Yeah. So you guys actually read on your version during the entire scene when they're in the Russian compound, when they're just hanging out and the Russians are talking to each other with, with just regular old conversation like you're seeing a movie. They translated that. I did not see that. Be- and I figured what happened was I must have clicked something so the Russian translation came underneath. So that's what happened to me. So I was watching this movie and I get, do you have any bread? <laughs> <laughs> The, the incidental conversation really was incidental. Hey, the noise is coming from over here. <laughs> and I'm losing my shit while I'm watching this. I wonder if that was on the older versions. I had the Blu-ray, so, you know, I've got the latest and greatest here. But I wonder if that's an older thing that they over-translated. Because later on, when it's clear when the Russians are talking to each other, like, you know, the guy is flying the copter and there's no need for translation, there's no translation for some God knows what reason. But the incidental... <laughs> I have no, received no letters for two months. That would have taken me right out of the movie and actually entertained me, which is more than, again, Lawrence <laughs> of Afghanistan was doing. Now, I must say, something else I did like about this, I like that they kept some touches from part two and that Rambo still had Ko's Buddha necklace. I didn't like that he gave it to the kid. I thought that was kind of disgracing Ko's memory. Can we talk about this kid? Because <laughs> why? Why? I, I know there was the cartoon where he teamed up with kids that came out in 86. Is that why he teams up with the kid in this movie? Just bugged me. In a cartoon, whatever, in an R-rated movie that's supposed to be somewhat serious, if you're doing it for satirical reason, that's fine. But now he's running around with a kid strapped with bullets and guns to go shoot people. That's, I don't know how I feel about that. I took that as commentary because they really were using their kids and they still are using their kids as warriors. And it was trying to be, quote unquote, realistic. But it was a very heroic portrayal of using your kids to fight a war. It was just very uncomfortable. Yeah, it was like Rambo's version of Short Round. (laughs) Yeah. I took it the same way, Jacob. I took it as the kids are there in real life, and they're throwing it in here, but they're kind of sanitizing the whole thing. I kept hearing in the director's commentary that Stallone hated this kid and kept trying to convince the director, why don't we kill him? Why don't we just kill him? Oh, no! (laughs) Let's kill the kid and get rid of him, because I do not want this actor on the set. That came across in his acting. (laughs) I mean, I could tell he did not like that kid, and neither did I. He was annoying, and that's Rambo's whole plan gets screwed because of that stupid kid. I don't like that he gave this kid the necklace because the kid wanted anything. Can I have your knife? Can I have your necklace? Can I have a dollar? Yeah. It's like he's a beggar, which is, again, if you go to any Middle Eastern country, there's the stereotype of the beggars. But give him this necklace? No. Give him, like, a spent cartridge shell and let him run and play. Again, I I guess I'm worrying about Rambo continuity, which is weird. But they built up this whole kind of love story with Ko in part two. And I, I don't know how I feel about a Rambo romance story. but. Yeah, it just seemed weird that he gave it to this kid with, I don't know, it didn't seem like with a lot of regard. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever, here you go. And it's not like he stayed in Afghanistan to raise the kid, nor did he decide to rescue the kid and take him to America and be this father figure. Instead, he leaves the kid and the necklace and everybody else where they're going, won't you stay and help us? No. Bye. And they drive off. But he did say earlier in the movie, it's for luck. And I need luck, too. And so they kind of set it up that he was going to get it later on. I'm not saying it's a good idea. I'm not saying it's good character development. But you guys are asking about earlier about why can't the stick fighting come in later in the movie. They set the necklace up in that situation to give to the kid later on as a gesture of thanks to this annoying child. And I don't (laughs) like it either. I like the necklace was there. 
I really did like it was still on his neck. But if he's holding this necklace, for, well, you said it was a year, right? You said in the according to the novel it was a year. Mm-hmm. To me, it seemed like three or four. I mean, obviously it was in real life, but it seemed like three or four. And so to give it to this kid, he's probably moving on. I mean, yeah, you can put all that stuff in there if you want to. I don't think it's there at all. I just think it was a plot thing. I guess here's my problem with the necklace. They talk about how it's for luck. Rambo gives it to the kid after the kid's been shot in the leg. Yeah. So it seems a little bit too late. Now, now maybe if the kid was like undergoing surgery and like we're worried about if he's going to die th- and then he gives him the necklace, maybe that would make it cool. But the kid was already screwed. You know, it's like. Here's some luck for healing faster. <laughs> yeah. I hope you don't get gangrene. Here you go. <laughs> So they go underground, and now, you know, I mentioned that the kid was short round, and now it's like Temple of Doom type stuff, or actually a little bit Raiders, a little temple, as Rambo's dangling from a rope in front of a blue screen. There was something cool around this time, though. During the escape of the prison, Rambo gets a piece of shrapnel or something stuck in his side. Uh, Yes, he can be hurt. His magical super shield of part two has left him with that necklace. And the necklace apparently doesn't work, (laughs) which is why he gives it to the kid. And so he gets this really kind of neat cauterizing thing going on with the gunpowder from a bullet. And he burns it through his skin and through his body. And I thought that was incredibly interesting to watch. Why? I loved it. I thought it was neat. What point did it serve? (laughs) It was cool. How was it cool? I mean, it it just, it was just, it's gratuitous. It's like, yeah, it's kind of nasty when he's pulling this piece of shrapnel out. Yeah. You know, he puts the gunpowder in there and sets it on fire to cauterize. But I guess going back to Arnie's porn analogy, yeah, it's there because that's what you you expect in this kind of movie, but it didn't serve any purpose. I already know Rambo could survive anything. He eats stuff that would make a billy goat puke. Yeah. I already know that all from First Blood. I don't need him to keep building up that character trait. And it's actually just a replay of the suture scene from First Blood. Exactly. But up the stakes in it, like a sequel often does. I'm looking for things in this movie to like, gentlemen. And this is part of the movie that I did like because it was something interesting and an overall boring movie. For me, I liked this scene because I was interested in what he was doing and how he was doing it and why he was doing it. And it was a little nasty. I thought it was cool. I actually put in my notes, things that I like about this movie. It tried to encounter something current with the Afghan war. I liked that idea. It was a great concept to hit something real. I liked that Troutman was out of the barracks and into action. It was good for Krenna not to just sit back at the base for once. I hated that. It was good to give Krenna something to do. I hate how they did it. I'm glad that it had explosions. Big, big explosions for the last 30 (laughs) minutes. And I thought it was wonderfully shot. That is all. I also, I like the continuity of Rambo's scars. I like that in the second movie, he had the scar in his arm from the first movie. And I like that in this movie, he has the facial scar in from the second movie. It's kind of like how we discussed Jason's mask having all of this. It's like Rambo's body's a big hockey mask. Hmm. I, I actually did notice that, Arnie, and I was almost almost tempted to like do side-by-side comparison shots to see if like they got the chest scars in the same place because i I was actually surprised that they carried that over a small level of detail that you know a lot of times you don't see in these type of movies so he's got troutman and now it's like a buddy film and rambo's really trying to float some jokes that just keep falling oh come on arnie for me when i think of great comedy duos there's laurel and hardy abbott and costello 
Rambo and Troutman. <laughs> I mean, there there's like a few minutes, just joke after joke after joke. Forget that one-liner from First Blood about keeping your eyes on the road. They just go for it here. Here it is when he gets almost burned. How are you? Well done. What about the one, uh, how are you doing? You know how you taught us ignore pain? Doesn't quite work. Yep. Don't take a person. <laughs> Sorry I got you into this mess. No, you're not. Yeah. I know. You know what, Jacob? The last time I heard jokes this bad, I was watching Lost Boys The Thirst. <laughs> oh, I, I've totally blocked that out of my mind. But yes, yes, those were also bad, just like these. I almost found it kind of meta at one point where there was the good timing. What are friends for? You know, good timing jokes. It just seemed like maybe they were having a little too much fun at this point. So they go up, they get out of the hole, and they face off. In my notes, I just wrote, no, no, no. They're not really going to take on the whole Russian army, are they? Yeah, I agree. This just occurred to me. Were they going for the martyr thing? Like, they had been among the Afghan people so much that it's better to be martyred fighting the Soviets than to be captured again? You can if you want to. I didn't get that at all. I know you didn't think it then, I didn't think it then, but the way this movie's trying to introduce us to the whole Afghan culture, I don't think it's a coincidence that the guys decide to go on a suicide run. I didn't really feel there was a strong suicide martyr theme throughout the movie. There's lots of talk about how tough the Afghanis were and how five men could take on 500 and they're really good if they're in a cave and it kind of goes back and touches on some of those points brought up earlier but i didn't they do talk about how they've already been given their last rights and they're already dead it doesn't go into martyr per se but i bet that this was what the writer had in mind i'm gonna stake my claim on. well he should have written it better then i don't think it was the whole theme of the movie either <laughs> i think it was the theme of this five minutes yeah because if the theme of this movie was uh it's good to be a martyr for your cause it would have just made it even that much more ironic <laughs> <laughs> and the audience cheer as the mujahideen come with guns right exactly it's like i don't think the martyr thing played into it as much as we need to get rambo in a spot where he needs to get bailed out by these people because we set them up earlier in the movie that's what i took it to be and I think this is what the myth of Rambo had become by this point is this is the one guy that's going to take on an entire army. And you got to show that on the screen. Brock, why couldn't it be both? It can be both. But I don't think this movie is doing that martyr thing at all. I think this movie is not even trying to go for those different kinds of levels. They spent all this time about these rebellion people. So if they wanted to bring the martyr topic in to be stronger, they would have done it then. They didn't do it. So if that theme is there underneath somewhere, they really need to punch it up, and they have plenty of opportunity to do so when they're playing sheep games. <laughs> well, Troutman even has the line, if we have to go, I wish we could have taken that son of a bitch with us. I mean, that's kind of the martyr attitude, right? Yes, that is correct. That is the martyr attitude. If you're grasping at straws or you're actually... I'm trying to find something to give this film credit yeah, okay. for, All right. and I'm saying that the writer attempted to use themes that followed through because it's the only way that would explain why I've watched this Nat Geo on Afghanistan for the past hour. <laughs> and the Afghani noble people. They're gallant. Gallant, gallant people. yes. Gallant. But they could also be noble. Sure. So Rambo gets a Molotov cocktail from a Mujahideen and throws it at a tank. And then immediately immobilizes the tank. Well, it, it is a Soviet tank. You know how those <laughs> are made. And it's Soviet vodka, which is very strong. <laughs> So I thought he had killed the tank, but then he steals the tank. But if, if a Molotov cocktail can stop a tank, that that's problem one. Problem two is like Chewbacca on Endor, he steals the tank. 
Did they drop a line in here that I missed? You know, like when he was a helicopter pilot and communications expert. Did I miss when they dropped a line that he's also a tank operator? No, no. He's special forces, you know. <laughs> okay. It's like his old car at home. You know, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. If you can fly a Huey, you can <laughs> drive a tank. <laughs> so then he decides to ram the Russian helicopter, which thankfully stays low to the ground so he can do so. You know what's really cool about a helicopter? Let me tell you something really cool about a helicopter. It can go <laughs> high in the air and shoot you from what? a higher angle. So if you're trying to take out a tank, it's really cool about these helicopters, these amazingly armored helicopters. Earlier in the movie, they drop this big bomb. It makes a big crater in the ground, right? Maybe they carry more than one. And maybe if you go high in the air, you could drop a bomb on a tank or maybe missiles on a tank. This guy decides to use his guns at, like, eye level with a tank, and he has a helicopter. That doesn't make any sense. You know what else doesn't make any sense? Why all these Russian colonels can fly choppers and do. Troutman shouldn't have been out there, and neither should the Russian colonel. Again, back at base organizing. With experience comes, A, the privilege of living, and B, the experience <laughs> to command others. Because you have the knowledge that you gain in tactics, hopefully. Just helicopter going that low to the ground to take him out with guns. If they said he was out of missiles or something, just one reason why would have made it a little bit better. He needed to be more than out of missiles because the whole he who fights and runs away lives to fight another day. He had to be damaged or wounded or bleeding out the stomach and trying to take Rambo out with him or vice versa. And again... This would have made a lot more sense if they'd really played up the martyr angle and Rambo was doing the try to take him with me thing and deciding that the sacrifice for the cause would have been noble. Instead, I don't know why Rambo's doing this and why, you know, tanks have guns too. Didn't he shoot the gun at the helicopter at once? Yeah, he kept missing. He was shooting shells at it and kept missing, whoa, which whoa, was whoa. weird because it was Rambo shooting. Yeah, Rambo doesn't miss. I know. That's, that's why it was weird. But it was a Soviet tank. Oh, oh it's, it's it's the Soviets' fault, right? Is that is that made properly because it's Soviet they just tank? can't calibrate a gun? I think all the Vietnamese <laughs> last movie had Soviet guns too. This whole end scene just seemed to me like someone's idea on paper and just did not work at all on the screen. Final thing: the Molotov cocktail stops a tank. A helicopter crashes into a tank, and Rambo walks away. Yeah, how do you walk away from that without a scratch? <laughs> <laughs> Tanks don't blow up from highly explosive helicopters, <laughs> just from little Molotov cocktails. Three fucking ridiculous. Yeah, just insane. <laughs> I, and I think this is where Rambo get their reputation. And you know, the second one was absurd, but this one just cranks it up so much more. And when you get these parodies of the, you know the action hero taking on a whole army, I think that it really it's got to come more from Rambo three than uh, part two. I think it's still part two because while the tank ramming the chopper is ridiculous. It's nowhere near as bad as the Vietnamese guy standing there while Rambo is a stock still target <laughs> threading his bow. This is as ridiculous, but it's the last movie was just a cartoon. This one had some stupid moments, but by and large, I was able to go with it. It never felt like forehead slapping stupid until a demolition derby of tank versus chopper. I, I can go with that. I agree. But it still doesn't make it any better of a movie. So. No. No, no. No. <laughs> By this point, it was too little too late for me anyway, because they pissed away the first hour with wonderful landscape shots and sheep sports. <laughs> uh, just one last thing before we go to our recommends. He's not heavy. He's my brother. Was Frank Stallone busy? 
and they got Bill Medley to do it? Was Frank not returning Sly's calls? Why not get an original song there? Why why do a remake? Well, I complained both previous podcasts about the ending song. The first time, it just bastardized the score. The second time, Frank Stallone was allowed to have access to microphones again. (laughs) This, while not a home run by any means, at least made a bass hit. You know, it was a song that people knew. Yes. It kind of followed the theme about how Rambo and Troutman help each other and are brotherly and... Oh, and that, and that makes it better to use the song then? I don't think it was a good choice for the end of this movie, and I don't like the version either. I, I mean, I don't have anything against, personally against Mr. Medley. I just didn't care for the rendition of the song, and I thought at the end of the movie, I rolled my eyes, like, another one of these songs? And then I'm like, wait a minute, I actually know this song! <laughs> so I, I just feel, if you're going to use it, why not use the original? But Probably money? You know, I, I'm, no, I'm thinking they wanted a radio hit, is what I'm thinking. Well, possibly. Interesting fact... This was the most expensive film ever made at the time. Really? Yeah. I mean, keep in mind, I think Terminator 2 was $100 million at the time, and everybody was like, it'll never make its money back. But no, this was the most expensive movie at the time. And after the just ginormous success of Rambo 2, the studios were free with money, so much that you could crash a helicopter into a tank. Yeah. So they they had the money to do whatever they wanted to. So I guess, yeah, maybe they wanted a radio. And unfortunately, they did. <laughs> well, they didn't spend any money on the script, that's for sure. So, Jacob, Arnie, do you recommend Rambo 3? Jacob. You know, there's a line in this movie that I'm going to kind of adapt for my summary. God would have mercy on this movie. I won't. No, I don't recommend this it's boring. I, I, you know, I remember when I tried to watch this, like when I was 12, which is like the prime age for this kind of movie. I was bored then. Didn't remember why I was so bored. And then when I rewatched this, now I do. Nothing happens forever in this movie. And this isn't the kind of film, you know, we talked about with First Blood, it transcended. I felt it transcended that action movie genre and it became something more. Rambo 2, I gave it a recommend, slight recommend because I thought it was a good action movie genre film. This doesn't transcend the genre, and it doesn't even live up to that genre. You know, it takes an hour to really get into the action. Uh, Once we get into that action, it's all been there, done that before. You know, I already saw helicopter fights in part two. I already saw a guy uh, get blown up in part two. You know, all the action, it just didn't seem original. Yeah, we got a tank versus a copter, which just, by the end of this film, is just totally ridiculous. So I don't recommend it. Now, I I am going to say, if it still makes an interesting watch to see it in a post 9-11 era. It is interesting watching it from that angle. So if that kind of thing interests you, then yeah, I, I am going to say for that small audience, go and watch Rambo 3. Arnie. I don't think it's going to be any shock that I do not recommend this. The only way I could recommend this is if you really are sitting there going, you know, I don't understand this whole American war in Afghanistan thing. What are the Afghan people like? And by the way, I want to see some stupid explosions. If a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down, I guess the last half hour of this movie can be your spoonful of sugar. But it's not a good movie. It is not engaging. It is beautifully shot, as I said before. And for somebody who is listening, it may go, but you said you liked part two, and it was explosion pornography. How's this different? Well, 
yeah, the last film's like pornography, but I guess I'm discerning in my porn. These explosions are equally pornographic, but it takes too long to get to the money shots, and then it's beautifully shot, but poorly executed, and just a mess everywhere. So, no, not recommend. And I am not recommending this movie. Again, the only positive, real positive I had besides liking Rambo mending himself was I couldn't stop looking at how well this movie was made. But there's more to movies than being well made. There's interesting characters, plot, interesting things to see on the screen. And this movie misses in all of those cases. So, yeah, big no for me. I Just not worth watching for me at all. And you don't have to take our word for it. Take an entire country who didn't go see this movie, as it was the most expensive movie, as I said. It did not earn back its money domestically. It was a huge worldwide success, as action films always were back then, because they didn't have a lot of dialogue. But we wouldn't see Rambo again for 20 years after this one's box office failure. So if you enjoy this review, please listen to our other Rambo podcasts. You can find those in our archive section at nowplayingpodcast.com. And while you're in the archive section, you can check out our Star Trek, our Terminator, our Saw, our Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Lots and lots of different kinds of series there, all in our archive section with the three of us or with Stuart and Marjorie. whole bunch of different things you can hear all at nowplayingpodcast.com. You can also join in the conversation on Facebook, and you can read mini movie reviews that Jacob, I, Arnie, Marjorie, and Stuart post from now and then on that site, and you can give your opinions of those movies as well. You can also talk about this movie and all the other movies at Now Playing at our forums, and a link to that can be found on our homepage as well as a link in the bottom right-hand corner to the Donate button. You will help us by donating to Now Playing. Uh, Keep Now Playing going. This is not something that is free. We have to pay for bandwidth and supplies and movie tickets, etc. So if you enjoy us and you want to donate something, thank you in advance for doing so. The three of us are doing Tron 3D, and 3D tickets, especially 3D IMAX tickets, they ain't cheap. So thank you for anyone who can help us to continue to see current movies so that we don't have to just go, what's at the dollar section of our video store to rent this week to review? What is this video store you speak of? (laughs) He's going back in time, too. (laughs) (laughs) And keep in mind, I reviewed the novelization of Rambo 3 over at our sister podcast, Books and Nachos, at booksandnachos.com. And earlier in this podcast, I said if you change the course about five degrees, you get kind of a different movie. Well, they did that in the book. If you want to know all the details, listen to my review, booksandnachos.com. And next week at booksandnachos.com, I will be talking with Rambo author David Morell. I'm really looking forward to that. And one more thing before we go. We want to ask you all, our listeners, to please nominate us for a podcast award. Once again, podcast awards are here. And last year, you guys were so great nominating us that we would very much like to be nominated again. (laughs) We got the bug. Uh, obviously, you like our show. You listen to us. You subscribe to us. So please. It's 120 seconds of your time. Yes. And- if you could please give that. We would so appreciate it because we like to know that what we do is appreciated instead of just consumed. That you guys like it and really like you to go and nominate us for one. I don't want you to do anything you don't want to do. And most importantly, what's really great about these awards, even if we don't win, a lot of people will go to these and nominate their favorite podcasts. That means they may see our name and try us out and give us a chance. And that means Now Playing could be around even longer to give more great podcasts like the one you're enjoying today. So what we're asking you guys is to nominate Now Playing in two different categories, if you can. The People's Choice and Movies and Films. Jacob apparently doesn't care if we're nominated, so he's going to keep <laughs> yeah, Jacob, this entire time. I don't have much to add. <laughs> 
we just reviewed a movie about AK-47s. You could take that as a threat. You could take that as just a casual comment. <laughs> uh, but please, you know, nominate us. Jacob, why are you screwing on the detonator tip of your arrow? Look, I like to polish the tip of my arrow every once in a while. <laughs> and uh, Now, the nominations close November 21st. So if you're listening to this, we're already a week into it. We mentioned it during Rambo 1. Please, please don't hesitate. Don't be like, yeah, I'll do that later. If you're at work, hey, that's what work computers are for. Podcastawards.com. And then when you get home, that's what home computers are for, too. Podcastawards.com. And we thank you for your nomination, and we'll let you know what happens. That's our review of Rambo 3, and you can join us next time when we return to the jungle when we discuss Rambo. <laughs> I haven't really been discussing Rambo? Yeah, I know. It's just a weird <laughs> title, but Rambo. Hey, hey, Brock, in the jungle, do they have fun and games? Do they have everything I want? Do they know the names? Yes, they do. So we'll join you next time on Now Playing. Thanks a lot. You did everything to make this private war happen. You've done enough damage. This mission is over, Rambo. Do you understand me? This mission is over. Thank you for listening to this episode of Now Playing's Rambo Retrospective Series. It's over, Johnny. It's over. Nothing is over. Nothing. You just don't turn it off. You asked me. I didn't ask you. You can find the other episodes in this Rambo retrospective series at NowPlayingPodcast.com in the archive section, as well as our review of other classic movie series including Predator, Terminator, Star Trek, The Karate Kid, A Nightmare on Elm Street, and many more. You're the only one I trust. Be sure to visit BooksAndNachos.com to hear Arnie's reviews of each of David Morrell's Rambo novels and an interview with the author. I'm just amazed that he allowed any of your posse to live. You're lucky to be breathing. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a positive review for us on iTunes. A link to our iTunes feed can be found at our website, nowplayingpodcast.com. I'm giving you a direct order to withdraw from this project. You can also support Now Playing by making a donation using the donate button at the bottom of our homepage. Your donations help keep Now Playing on the air. John, I told you that I'd help you when I could. You can also follow Now Playing on Facebook and Twitter, where we post new episodes and the Now Playing hosts post movie mini-reviews. Links to our social media pages are at nowplayingpodcast.com. If you're looking for trouble, you came to the right place, buddy. Now Playing presents the Rambo Retrospective Series podcasts are edited by Jay, Arnie, and Brock. And there isn't one of us that doesn't want to be someplace else, but this is what we do. The Rambo films are the intellectual property of their respective trademark holders, and no infringement is intended. I'm telling you the law, not here, it's me. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect the opinions of Vinganza Media Incorporated. Live for nothing or die for something. Now playing is copyright and trademarked Vinganza Media Incorporated 2010, all rights reserved. Shall we, gentlemen? We shall. Good luck with the names on Rambo 3. I was just so glad you're here. <laughs> I didn't even think that was going to be hard. <laughs> All right. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> There's your outtake. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to ballpark this one. Oh, shit. Jeez. All right. <laughs>
played by Kurtwood Smith, perhaps my favorite part of the RoboCop series. Boddicker! Dick Jones! <laughs> he were, he owns the cops! This was after RoboCop. Why was he even there? He, he was a bigger actor than this at that point. Well, weird fact, as I'm on this page, weird fact, uh, perhaps he was there as a favorite of Sly as he was the choreographer of Staying Alive. <laughs> he was in the movie as a choreographer or he actually choreographed the dance moves in Staying Alive? Either way, that ruins RoboCop for me. <laughs> <laughs> or does it make it more awesome? I'm not sure. Little known fact, he choreographed all those dance moves in between the scenes in that 70s show, and they're all dancing in front of the screen for you. <laughs> Yo, you just suck camera. <laughs> See, when I, when I play Stallone, he's actually a caveman who doesn't use prepositions like the. He's like the Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> Sly smash! Sly point camera there. <laughs> uh, the contact guy's name is... I've got it right here. Oh, that's his name is not Bin Laden. That's the wrong list. <laughs> Saddam. How do you say Hussein? How do you, how do you say that? It's like someone's doing housework while we're discussing Rambo, which is solely appropriate, I think. He cleans up the the commies. We clean up the house. And and don't forget, it's a tr- tradition to have. Like it's in the French Revolution, and I saw in Les Misérables, they have the same thing. Kind of a weird. If it's in Les Miserables, it must, it must be, be true. And of We're course, not by the way, comparing Les Mis and Rambo are. I'm not sure in your version or not, but Rambo started singing in mine. I'm not sure if you guys had that same problem. <laughs> and, and he was choreographed by Kurtwood Smith. <laughs>